welcome to GLL's Clustering Insights podcast. My name is Chris Walters. I'm the head of life sciences at GLL. This is a podcast that's focused on the life sciences innovation sector. So we are speaking to investors, developers, occupiers, operators, and key stakeholders across the industry. And today I'm delighted to say that we are focusing on the Harwell Science and Innovation Campus. We have a double act joining me today on the podcast, which I'm incredibly excited about. And particularly interested to hear about the campus, the breadth of sector experience and activity that's actually happening on this site and getting under the skin of what the future might hold. So today I'm joined by Stuart Grant, who's the co-founder of Core Life Investors and the Chief Executive Officer of the Harwell Science Innovation Campus. And alongside Stuart is Barbara Ginelli, who is the Director of Clusters at Harwell Campus, as well as being the Business Development Lead at the Science and Technology Facilities Council. So welcome both. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Yeah, great, Chris. Good to be here. Good. Well, thanks very much for joining me. Um, to kick off with Stuart, if I can come to you first, I think it'd be great for you to share with our listeners a bit about Harwell Campus, you know, what makes it unique um, in your eyes, and um, in particular, um, how did the, the story start with you at, the, at Harwell Science Innovation Campus? Yeah, great. Okay, well, good. Well, this is my first podcast, Chris, so we'll, we'll see how this goes, but it's a pleasure to be here. So yeah, to answer your questions... My background is real estate for 30 years, was a partner at Blackstone, helped run Stanhope for a couple of years, and then last year set up Core Life Investors with Graham Stanley. And we got talking to Brookfield as they were in the, in the, in the process of buying Harwell about uh, 15 months ago. And um, Core Life's kind of vision is to try and invest in science and technology parks, and that coincided with Brookfield's passion for the space as well. They have a big presence. They had a big presence with a company called Four City in the States in life science real estate, and um, we saw the trend of life science real estate kind of moving from from the U.S. across to across to Europe. Uh, so we wanted to take advantage of that. So yeah, so they they were homing in on Harwell April last year, just as COVID started, and uh, they showed commitment and continued with the deal despite COVID happening because they had a passion and a, a conviction behind this investment theme of investing into into effectively science and technology real estate with a life science uh, bent, and um, and yeah, they 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 were successful in acquiring Harwell. Um, and they actually got a discount on the price at the eleventh hour as well. So I think their basis in the in the deal is extremely attractive. The, but in summary, Harwell is seven hundred acres uh, just south of Oxford. It's really UK, the UK's exemplar science and technology campus with over six thousand people working here, and it's a combination of um, national laboratories. Barbara will tell us more about it later. Um, combined with the kind of, if you like, a private sector joint venture where Brookfield have a 50% ownership in the private part of, um, of, of the campus with STFC as the other shareholder and the UK Atomic Energy Authority as the other 25% shareholder. So, uh, yeah, so, so I can go on in more detail later, but, but the, the reason I think that Brookfield love it and we love it is it is truly a unique place. There's nothing in the UK like it. It's a combination of, of academia, businesses and then and, and government investment in one location focused on science and technology with a clear focus on um, on this on on the space sector life sciences and and uh, energy tech as well and soon to soon to be quantum computing so plenty going on and i'd love to come back to that public private sector link um, a bit later on in the podcast and 
you know all of the great stuff that's happening um on the campus today but maybe let's rewind the clock a little bit i was doing a bit of research before this podcast and harwell i noted was established in the 1940s so i mean the history on this site is frankly amazing and barbara i won't ask you to go all the way back to the 1940s and and tell us what's happened since then but i did notice it was the first there's been a lot of firsts at harwell um and it's clearly evolved substantially over time particularly in the 2000s when did the journey start for you um at the harwell campus and and um after that um sort of setting the scene Stuart has mentioned that private public sector link and I understand that the two of you speak weekly if not daily um, in terms of um, being the respective leaders of each side of that relationship so my question is you know how pivotal has the role of the public sector been I know you might be a bit biased but I think it's an important component for for our listeners to understand yeah, no, absolutely, Chris. Thanks for that. So my journey started about 11 years ago, uh, quite a long time. Um, my background is in space. So my journey started in space in Howell, and then I went from uh, space, I traveled to, to life sciences and then uh, energy and quantum today. Um, so uh, it has been quite a change for me because I started in the um, commercial sector. So I used to work for Airbus uh, before I joined uh, the Science Technology Facilities Council 11 years ago. Uh, and uh, uh, when I when I arrived uh, at Arwell, it was it was a real um, mind opener. Um, it was uh, it was amazing. I was surrounded by a unique combination of capabilities with the large science facilities that uh, SDSC runs. Uh, essentially, these facilities, which include, um, uh, to give you examples, uh, the diamond light source, uh, the uh, neutron spallation source, the central laser facilities, uh, space capabilities, and infrastructure. Uh, they are, uh, you can consider them as uh, the microscopes of uh, the 21st century. They basically uh, look at um, uh, matter at the atomic and molecular level, and uh, they support research across a really wide range of disciplines. So including uh, biomedical research, uh, material science, chemistry, and others. So when I joined, um, I was really asked to look at how we could uh, um, make much more impact out of these fantastic uh, capabilities that the UK had in Harwell, uh, more impact by bringing together the research base with the industrial base and really getting them to work in a collaborative fashion in the same way that Stuart and I work together today. So now I represent the public sector after my 11 year journey in the public sector and Stuart is in the commercial side. And that basically represents the way our works across all areas. So the partnership, the joint venture, the way that Stuart and I work on a daily basis is the way Howell works across all the cutting edge technologies that you find in Howell. Um, so the, having all these great capabilities, the big question for us was how do we actually 
get this impact out of these facilities. So that's how we started developing what we call now the high-tech clusters, so that the cluster model, which is not just an agglomeration of organizations being located in the same campus. It's much more than that. It's a very coordinated and managed and supported ecosystem, which has then become the campus that you see today. And we have started in the space sector, of course, because of my background. Um, and we developed a cluster which started, uh, the hardware space cluster, which started with uh, a couple of organizations in 2010. And now we've got more than 100, more than a thousand people. And based on that, uh, we then um, used the same model to develop uh, what we call now the HealthTech cluster. Uh, in 2016, uh, and that has been a phenomenal journey. That cluster is actually the representation of what Howell is with the multidisciplinary uh, capabilities and how we use them. Uh, it was launched by um, Team Peak, just coming back from his mission, um, and, um, and by Sarah John Bell. So it was the best of both worlds coming together to launch our cluster and really stimulate uh, a fantastic journey that now uh, is um, it's being celebrated actually next week with our fifth anniversary of the cluster. Well, as you say, the, the lineup of people that have visited Harwell is amazing in itself. Um, but you mentioned, uh, both of you have mentioned the fact that you've got the different focuses on clusters, whether that's space, health tech, etc. I think one of the things that I'm quite commonly asked is, you know, how do you create that cluster environment? How do you make them successful? And I think the interesting thing for Harwell is no, you don't have just one. You've got multiple clusters all working together. So from a practical perspective, Barbara, you know, how do you how do you manage to keep that innovation and collaboration working on the campus? It's really in the in the DNA of how well, what we're doing. Uh, it's really about collaboration, establishing that collaboration across uh, both different sectors, also within the same sector between uh, the public sector, industry and academia, finding ways of facilitating those uh, interactions um, we have established a, a very clear governance as well in the way we, we manage those clusters. So that governance is made such that we involve all our key stakeholders that are already on the campus, especially the public sector side, working together in order to have some very common objectives, clear uh, common objectives by which then we can interface much more successfully and together with the industrial sector, so with the commercial sector. And that is really, really important because uh, it, it gives us a way of uh, joining forces in a way that wasn't happening a few years ago. And this is the same way in which you know, we work with a joint venture, within the joint venture to really stimulate that uh, crossover of activities in a way that the sum of the parts is larger than the individual parts, essentially. Um, so, so it's really about managing the ecosystem. And, and, and just to add to that, because um, I'm conscious a lot of your listeners will be real estate people. Um, and uh, 
I kind of often think, well, why is Harwell so successful? Why are the clusters successful? And if you kind of, to keep it simple, if you liken it to a shopping, a big shopping center, shopping centers work if you have a good anchor tenant. Once you land your anchor tenant, then the clustering happen, happens around the anchor tenant that helps the leasing velocity. And Harwell is kind of similar. In these three clusters, the reason corporates want to be at Harwell is is not just because it's a great place, but actually being juxtaposed to the national laboratories and other large, interesting organizations is, is kind of an, a magnetic force. It pulls people in. So, so an example of that would be the space sector. We At Harwell, we have the European Space Agency. We have the UK Space Agency. We have people who build satellites here, and they want to be here because the National Satellite Testing Center is here. Uh, in uh, the energy tech sector, we've got things like the, Far the Faraday Institute, which is the UK's leading institute looking into battery research, is here. So if you're in that space, you want to be at Harwell. And similarly, on the life science side, we've got the Vaccine Manufacturing Innovation Centre being, being built at the moment. It's the UK's leading vaccine development facility. We've got companies like Nanopore here. And we've got the Ros Rosalind Franklin Institute, which is a £103 million government facility, which recently opened but it's doing is kind of leading the research into, into life sciences in the UK. So I think that kind of shopping center model will help maybe some of your, your listeners uh, understand. And then the other thing that I would just add, Barbara and I, we speak almost daily. We have a laugh. It's good fun, but we also do business as well. And the, the, the cool thing about the, the, the joint venture is myself and my team, we, uh, we, the Brookfield team, we, we're kind of real estate guys. We turn up and we kind of, we can talk about build costs and rents and placemaking and all that sort of jazz. But then we can go to a meeting with a large corporate, uh, a life science corporate or space company. And Barbara will come along to the meeting with her cluster managers who are experts in that field of science. So we can talk buildings and we can talk science in the same meeting, which is a very powerful combo. Mm. I, I think that um, the amount of infrastructure that you have at Harwell is, is clearly exceptional. And as you as you said, Stuart, it's being able to use them as anchors to draw on the occupational story. And I think from from Barbara's perspective and um, the existing occupiers that you have on site, bringing in collaboration with industry is so important in this sector, in the broader sense of innovation. So that sounds great. I think the my follow-on question from that to bring it back to the real estate piece, Stuart, as you mentioned, is you've got that breadth in the cluster focus around space, energy, health, a fourth you mentioned coming forward around quantum. How do you cater for that interest and that occupational demand in terms of the physical real estate? I mean, I was fortunate enough to come on site a couple of weeks ago, I think, and have a look at some of the buildings that are coming up. Um, Zephyr, Zeus, they are unique. You know, they are not the traditional out-of-town science park type building where it's sort of closest cousin is an office. These are really these are really buildings which look and feel like an industrial space, um, but have the ability to be much more. So I'm interested to hear a bit about how you have positioned that real estate offer to work with the with the people that you're engaged with who are seeking space. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, again, in simple terms, I think it's trying to understand your customer base. So, so over the, you know, I'm new here, but over over time, the team, the team at Harwell, both on Barber's side and on on the Brookfield side, have really built up an understanding of what the customer needs in in the three clusters. 
uh, that we focus on. And um, and the nice thing is we can now, because we understand the customers, we can offer a, of the product they, they need. And it's a variety of products. So you come to Harwell, we can give you a grade A office building. We can give you a, a kind of incubation unit. We can give you an advanced manufacturing unit. We can give you a, a, a traditional laboratory space. So it's quite diverse in terms of the product offer we can provide. Obviously, the rental offer is different for the different types of product. And uh, the, the the spectrum of occupier we have here is diverse as well. So it's not just diversity across the three clusters, soon to be four clusters. It's, it's size as well. So we cater for small companies. So we have an incubation unit here, which actually STFC run in a building called the Atlas. So they, they have a they have a very successful incubation uh, business helping small companies get going. And when they kind of grow up a little bit, they kind of pop out and they move into some of our more mature buildings here or they'll, or they'll go elsewhere. And that, that works well. But at the other end of the spectrum, we're talking to Fortune 100 companies and then, you know, helping them with their, with their plans. So we have people like Pfizer here. We have Lockheed Martin, Nanopore, Baxi Tech have just uh, announced they're going to come here as well. So, so it's a, so I'd say to, to summarize my comment, I think we have a variety of real estate product and uh, we have a, a variety of tenant, tenant sizes and, uh, sectors covered and uh, if i if i can add as well i think i'd like to emphasize the point that stuart is um, has already made it's about how you actually interact with your customers and actually having uh, us working together on that has made a huge difference to those companies at least from their feedback it's really the fact that we understand them from their a technical scientific perspective so we understand what they need the type of lab uh, the type of space you know even manufacturing areas that they need um, and their expansion plans because we work very closely with companies in terms of their str um, growth strategies as well um, but uh, Stuart and his team are actually uh, experts in, in providing the best solutions from an estate perspective and therefore, we work together to really understand how we can flex the solutions, how we can actually do something that really will help those companies in their growth journey, especially the, the companies that are growing fast, especially the ones that are scaling up. It's so important for them to have that flexibility moving forward and the understanding of, of a provider that will actually go with them along their journey as well. So that is really powerful. And the, the other thing, Chris, just it's interesting to see, I mean, I mean, come here, the amount of cross collaboration across the clusters is quite interesting as well. So space companies actually, they work very closely often with life science companies, believe it or not, and uh, energy tech companies work with the space cluster as well. An example of that would be European Space Agency, um, which here is run by an amazing lady called Elodie Vieux, a uh, French lady. But she, she um, and her organization have done a joint venture with Telefonica around 5G technology. Um, and here at Harwell, we're going to have an autonomous vehicle. They've, they've set up a company called Darwin, Telefonica and European Space Agency, the company called Darwin, and we're going to have the first autonomous vehicle here at Harwell using, using the satellite connectivity yeah, yeah, and so. 5G. Yes. 5G. So it's yes. amazing. So, so I think that that's again a, a, a nice, a nice kind of obvious coincidence has happened that happened. And it's, um, and it's another first at Harwell. The, the, the list goes on. Um, we, we talked about the, 
you know, the fact that there is such strong industry collaboration, you're delivering specialist infrastructure to these occupiers, particularly as they go through their uh, company growth cycle. Um, you mentioned right at the start, Stuart, that Harwell is 700 acres. So it's big sites. You know, how important has it been to provide good amenity and placemaking and public realm? You know, some of those things that are so critical to a lot of office-based occupiers, for example. Have you found that the same rules apply in, in this sector, particularly around science and technology? Yeah, def- definitely. I think, I think that's just a given. You need to provide that for your customers. I kind of often think the customer is not the CEO, it's not the, it's not the shareholders, it's the employees of the individual organizations. Giving them a nice place to work uh, makes them want to come to work, improves their, their productivity, their, their, the company's staff retention levels, et cetera. So Harwell knocks it out of the park. You know, it's a mature setting. You've been here, Chris. We, I'm looking out the window at the, at the campus, at the cricket. We have a cricket field here. How cool is that? You know, what, what, what campus around the UK has its own cricket field? We have a cricket field. We have about 30 different uh, sports clubs here. We've got archery, we've got rugby, we've got football, we've got mountain biking, running clubs, blah, blah, blah. So it's, uh, it's, it's a, you know, we, we feel passionate about continuing that legacy. It's, it's, so we're investing a lot in, that, in those efforts. And Stuart, you, me- you mentioned legacy. So I'd like us to um, think sort of lo- looking forward now. You know, Barbara, um, keen to hear about what number four is in terms of that um, emerging cluster from your perspective. Um, what, is, what is the focus for that fourth emerging cluster and, and um, how is that progressing? What do you see as the next steps from your perspective at Harwell? But the fourth cluster is going to be a cluster around quantum, which is going to be again built around the capability, uh, the new capability on the national um, uh, quantum uh, computing center that will be uh, developed in the next couple of years. Um, and so we're working already with um, the leaders of that center to engage with industry and to engage with a broader community. Stuart already talked about uh, the cross-fertilization between the different sectors. There is, a, there is a big link between, for example, space and quantum technologies, um, and, and, and that will be nurtured uh, in the development of this new cluster. There is also a, a strong link between quantum and, uh, and life sciences and, and energy. So, you know, it's a, it's a great cross-fertilization, and, and I anticipated that a lot of the companies already on campus will be benefiting from this new development, but also this will attract additional companies. Just today, I I received an email from a new uh, emerging company that is interested to collaborate with us and understanding what uh, the the capabilities that we have and we're planning to to have in the future. Um, And these new companies will then collaborate with the existing ones on on the campus. So I think it's it's an ever-growing uh, fashion that uh, that will really drive new innovation in the future. I think that I mean the po- the positive outlook for the campus is is great, and I think this convergence between science and technology, which is a recurring theme throughout the podcast that we've had today, is and, and sort of hearing about what's happening um, between those different clusters is great. I mean, from your perspective, Stuart, um, as as CEO of of the campus. All of this cross collaboration sounds great in terms of going back to the basics of the real estate of fueling occupational demand. You obviously have a a strong pipeline that could come forward on the campus in in the coming years. So maybe 
um, as we draw 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 towards a close, you could give a bit of a, a feel for what that scale of development is and and how that will be coming forward um, to align with the great great work that's happening on the site today. Yeah, sure. Um, well, well, Brookfield bought into the joint venture, and at the time, the joint venture owned about four hundred twenty six thousand square feet of income producing real estate. It was pretty much full, fully occupied. Um, and the rents were just below twenty pounds a foot, uh, but the market. This is blended rents across office and and advanced manufacturing facilities. But we think the kind of the the mark to market rents were kind of in the, the at the time they were probably in the mid twenties. We'd argue today they're probably closer to thirty pounds a foot. And for the best space here, of grade A office space, it's kind of in the in the high forty pounds a foot range now. So with and so that's kind of the the background. And Brookfield said, right, we like we like the story. Let's develop more on the back of strong uh, occupier interest uh, in the three sectors that we're focused on. So the business plan uh, envisages us building an additional one point four million square feet. So we'll take the take the joint venture will own in in eight years over an eight year period one point eight million square feet of of finished buildings, income producing, and the NOI will be kind of north of fifty million pounds at that point. And uh, so that that's kind of that's kind of the the, the plan. Um, and it's interesting, just I think COVID has really generated more occupier interest. So when I sit in the leasing meeting at the coalface, we're seeing really, really strong interest. Our, you know, we've probably got one point six million square feet of discussions going on at the moment uh, with different different occupiers. Um, and and that's way up from from probably even six months ago. And a lot of that interest is in life science, but it's it's across the board in space and energy tech and quantum as well. Um, so so that so that's what that's good. There's a bit of an industry real estate industry uh, frenzy around the life science sector, as you will well know. Uh, and the thing, and which is good, and I think it's a really really dynamic and interesting sector. But the the the, the thing that I really like is. We're offering a broader kind of offer here. We're targeting a broader range of occupiers. It's not just a life science story. It's broader than that, targeting space, energy tech, quantum, and, their, and then the related subsectors to, to those clusters as well. So, so yeah, so we're, so we're really happy with the investment. Brookfield bought in at like the income producing buildings bought in about 380 pounds a foot for their income producing buildings. So we feel good about the basis in the income producing buildings and the land basis is good. And the first 15 months of um, experience here has been really, really positive, and, and we feel excited about that. And Brookfield have now gone on and bought Arlington, 700 million pound deal, and are looking yeah. for future acquisitions. And Core Life are helping them a little bit in that regard as well. So, so the so the vision is not just to. I think I think there's a there's a chance to build up a network of innovation campuses in the UK and potentially beyond the UK that, that Brookfield are willing to 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 fund and go after. So, so I think. If you kind of look at their portfolio today in the UK, if you just take Arlington and Harwell together, you add it up, it's probably it's probably about two million square feet of income producing buildings with the scope to develop another two point four million square feet. So it's it's already a big portfolio um, today. And I, I I would like to add to what uh, Stuart mentioned about these connected campuses and I would say connected clusters as well, because um, what we're doing at Harwell is not just for the region and, um, you know, for the locality plus the region around it. It's for, for the nation, for the benefit of the, the nation. Harwell is a real uh, national asset. And and we are here actually to, to support the leveling up agenda, for example, which is about um, 
increasing opportunities across uh, the UK as a whole and and Howell is a is a hotbed of innovation is a is a great asset that uh, all industries across the UK can use can come and use they can come and set up in Howell grow their um, initial um, business in Howell and then expand somewhere else in the UK and uh, establish new manufacturing capabilities somewhere in the north um, or in Scotland uh, and this has happened uh, with some of our companies uh, as an example inward investors like Lockheed Martin they've come attracted by the Howell space cluster they've come to the UK to establish their uh, uh, first uh, space activities in the UK but then they've expanded elsewhere as well uh, across the country so they've got a presence in Leicester they've got a presence in in Scotland and this is really important a fantastic mechanism that Howell can facilitate uh, and this is across all sectors and another point that I think is really important to build on what um, Stuart mentioned about the future expansions is um, our uh, uh, focus on sustainability and net zero is really important that the campus, the joint venture as a whole, is really focusing on how do we actually make sustainable um, future developments on campus and, and actually uh, making the most of the innovations that are happening on campus. Stuart already mentioned the Darwin project with the autonomous connected vehicles and the electric vehicles going around the campus. That's one aspect of it. Uh, but there are many other aspects uh, within the energy tech in terms of um, uh, you know the way for example development of um, uh, new battery technologies in collaboration not only with our uh, um, using our uh, facilities like the neutral spallation source but also in collaboration with the Faraday institution uh, and and companies on campus so you have a variety of, of initiatives that eventually will also feed into our real estate and will actually make our developments the real estate development on campus very innovative and almost and really um, demonstrating the future for for the UK business in this area. Well thank you so much uh, both of you for your time today really appreciated I feel like we've done a whistle-stop tour across Harwell right from the beginning um, to where we are today and beyond so thank you from me and on behalf of the listeners. Thank you. Great thanks very much.